Did you know that TRP Recovery is having the first annual Mental Health and Wellness Summit? This year, it's going to happen on May 14th and the 15th. That's a Saturday and a Sunday from 11 a.m. to 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Not only will I be hosting, but we'll have nine phenomenal guest speakers who will be talking to us about an array of topics, all of which are going to be to help you develop your mental wellness and your well-being. So if you're interested, make sure you head over to www.tierpeerrecovery.com. Hello, my loves. Welcome to another episode of TRP Recovery. It's your host, Nell Kyle. And today's topic is something that really hits home for me personally. And I know there are several of you who have probably gone through the same experience too. And it's on the topic of cultural competency within the context of therapy. Therapy is something, as we all know, that is so sensitive and it requires an extensive amount of vulnerability on both the part of the patient and to some extent the therapist. And what happens when you don't have a therapist who, even if they're not from the same culture as you, which is completely fine, if there isn't at least some effort to try and understand the context of how your culture really help to shape your perspectives and your decisions and how you move about in this world. It's like another <laughs> obstacle course that you have to go through to try and resolve some of the issues that you came to them in the first place with. So if this is you, if you are searching for a therapist who's culturally competent, or maybe you have a therapist who you might have some concerns who isn't culturally competent, I think this might be the episode for you. So to help us with this topic today, we have Aaron Snyder, and Aaron Snyder is a therapist and the author of the book, The Mental Health Matters, the, I'm sorry, The Black Mental Health Matters, and he's done such amazing work, including treating people from all walks of life, ranging from corporate CEOs, public figures, and at-risk youth. He is an avid volunteer for advocacy groups um, such as Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America, American Red Cross, as well as so many other nonprofit organizations. I'm so excited to have him on. So uh, make sure you do the usual, grab your favorite cup of tea, get somewhere comfy, sit back and relax, and let's get started. Hello, good morning, Aaron. how are you? I'm doing well, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm excited because I have some plans after this and going to see some friends, but I'm more so excited to talk to you because this topic is something that I've personally experienced when it came to going into therapy for the first time. And I know um, I've talked to a bunch of my friends as well. And predominantly those of us who are people of color, we tend to have a commonality with this conversation and that's cultural competency when it comes to therapy. Um, what about you? How are you doing? And are you excited for today? I am absolutely excited for today. I've been uh, waiting to talk to you for quite some time now. And, you know, I just know we're going to have a good conversation. And, and, you know, I'm ready to discuss these topics. Yeah. Oh, so cool. So do me a favor, give the audience an elevator pitch and let them know about you and what you do. Well, I, my name is 
Aaron Snyder. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist from Detroit, Michigan. I specialize in family and adolescent therapist therapy. And right now I work in home-based therapy with inner city at-risk youth. So that means that those are kids who are going through like the court system or having like reunification issues with their parents. My passion, although I'm a mental health therapist for everybody, my passion is black mental health because I think as a marginalized community, we need to pay special attention to the black community because we have the elevated risk for mental illness. So that's pretty much my background. I'm also an author. I wrote Black Mental Health Matters, the ultimate guide for mental health awareness in the Black community. And we're also coming out with another book, which is a journal to be a sequel to the last book. So that journal is called, also called Black Mental Health Matters, but it's, it's also called a guide to um, a guided journal for uh, emotional healing. So. Oh. That you know, we'll, so we'll see that in about a month. Oh, that is so good. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. So let's dive into this, right? Today's topic is about cultural competency and how important it is, especially for marginalized communities to have someone who understands the history, the background, the current issues going on in the community that might impact their mental health, right? Do us a favor, can you define like at a high level what cultural competency is and its importance? Yes, cultural competency is a professional's ability to acknowledge someone's cultural and societal beliefs and norms. So in other words, that is the ability to empathize with someone based on their background. So if I'm a black person, Well, if I'm seeing a Black person, I have to take into consideration this person's culture, meaning that they're African-American, meaning that they may possibly be a descendant of a slave or immigrant from a country throughout the African diaspora. I have to have some type of knowledge and understanding of the context which this person lives with. Oh, that's so good. And with that being said, are there any specific trainings during like your course of study that actually focus on this? Cause um, I'm just thinking back to when I first started getting into therapy and mm. my first therapist, she was not a person of color and please do not misunderstand. I learned so much from her. And even though things did not end on a positive note, mm. a lot of the learnings that, you know, she bestowed on me, I still hold it re- like near and dear to my heart. But a big point of contention for both of us was the fact that I don't think cultural competency was her strong suit. (laughs) And Mm. I don't even think that she believed it was relevant to our interactions. And so oftentimes she would be dismissive of things that were very important to me and my Mm. family. And in doing so, almost trying to make me dismiss everything that I was growing up with or things that I even hold dear to like myself from my culture so what do you think that's something that all therapists do like in your trainings was that something that was covered well you know to be honest cultural competency is usually like almost a subclass when it comes to the trainings 
for uh, mental health awareness, like it's almost like an afterthought. It's like one of those not so core classes, you know, so you don't really get a lot of training on it, you know, so you really have to go and seek cultural competency. It's not something that you just automatically come out of school with. It's not something you just get at uh, the jobs you get to. You really have to actively pursue. You got to be very intentional about being culturally competent. And, you know, I feel for you, you know, having that experience with a therapist that they're just dismissing and devaluing your experience because your experience provides the background to your story. You know, your culture is the context to which you live in. So if I can't understand your culture, how can I help you? You know, if I don't want to acknowledge your blackness, how can I see your struggle? Because a lot of the struggles that black folks have come from being black in a racist society and not just the honesty of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for that. I do appreciate that. Sure. Um, like I said, I there are a lot of things that I learned from her that I still implement in my life, but that was very painful. And for a long time, it kind of scarred me from going back to therapy for a bit. Because it's like, if I can entrust you with all of this sensitive information, and you still don't see why it's a struggle for me, I can't just dismiss this part of my culture or I can't just dismiss this, you see it as a, um, a refusal to kind of like implement the things that you're talking about when in actuality, you're asking me to give up part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And that's a really, really hard thing to ask someone, especially if you're from a marginalized community. So I really do appreciate that. And I'm really happy that we have therapists like you out there who, you know, you're part of us, you know, you understand everything that we're going through and we don't have to constantly explain why this is important or why I can't do that, you know? So, mm -hmm. so good. Yes. So outside of myself, because technically I'm not a client, have you experienced like any of your clients who dealt with this in the past? Yeah. You know, right now I, I work in um, the inner city. So hands down, I see it in that regard, but I also work for a private practice where I do therapy with families and couples mm -hmm. and whatnot. And, and most of my clients, if not all of them, have been people who sought me out as a Black therapist. And, and one of the main themes that I've noticed is that these people had prior therapists who did not acknowledge their culture. So I definitely see that as an issue that needs to be addressed to have culturally competent therapists. Like, you don't have to have a Black therapist. You just need a therapist that's culturally sensitive to the issues that you may be experiencing mm -hmm. and you know only somebody that's really intuitive or really immersed in the culture can understand certain concepts and nuances of black culture because a lot of people think us african americans in particular we don't have a culture you know a lot of people don't really understand that we are a cultural group as well, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's certain cultural nuances that you have to be privy to, to really help somebody. Like for instance, like a black woman might take exception to somebody touching her hair. You see what I'm saying? Or just walking up, playing in their hair or, mm -hmm. or calling them an angry black woman or, you know, make certain microaggressions or whatever. And if you're not privy to that and sensitive to, sensitive to it to understand it, how can you help somebody? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I love what you said, like empathizing, mm -hmm. asking them, why was that painful, you know, or at least being open to the discussion. So I, I think 
that's a very important point that you made that you don't necessarily have to have a black therapist, especially if it's not available, but at least your therapist should make some type of an effort to try to understand you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's so good. So do you see any strides in this area at all? I do. I, I think we've come a long way in terms of Black mental health awareness, mental health awareness in general, but certainly Black mental health awareness. I remember once upon a time, nobody talked about these things. You know, if you had depression or anxiety, if you even knew that you had it, you just didn't talk about it, you know, mm -hmm. and you nowadays, you will be surprised how many people are talking about their trauma from the past, how many people are saying that I too dealt with depression. I too was suicidal at one point. I do do certain medications to alleviate my mental illnesses. People never talked about those things because it was just stigmatized to such a high degree that if you said those things, people thought you were crazy or people thought you were a criminal or they thought you weren't intelligent. Now we're starting to normalize this conversation through celebrities, rappers, athletes, influencers. And I think that we are definitely moving in the right direction. Oh, that's so good. Now, I'm honestly, I'm really happy to see all of that. Definitely growing up for sure, felt that pressure to just kind of keep things mm -hmm. very quiet. But just in light of like these recent suicides that have been happening, there's just no better time for us to make sure that we're addressing these things head on. Because I honestly, I don't know about you, but I can't take seeing another young Black life being whisked away because they thought that they didn't have anyone to talk to or that they couldn't express themselves. It's, mm -hmm. it's heartbreaking, you know? Yeah, it is for sure. So when you have a prospective client, right? How do you approach the conversation? Or let me rephrase the question. If there is a client who's searching for a therapist who's culturally competent, how should they go about that process? Um, I think, the, you know, it really depends on where you live at and what you're looking for in terms of culturally competency. Because, you know, race is not the only cultural factor that should to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. However, I think the process starts by doing a simple Google search for Black therapists in your area. A lot of people aren't going to be able to find those unless you live in like Atlanta or Detroit or a city with a heavily Black population. But first, Google search. Second, look in your community for organizations that specialize in minority mental health. Third, I think that you would have to make a call to certain agencies, especially community agencies, and specifically ask for a, a culturally trained mental health therapist. There are some, but those people are very rare, you know, but, but you definitely can find them if you do enough digging. Yeah. So let's say that you have a therapist that you're trying to see if you want to continue that relationship with. What are some questions you should ask to kind of do that digging, for example, to discover if they're culturally competent? Because someone could say that they are, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you, you really got to figure out what type of issues are most important to you because there's not no standardized questions to ask them, you know. But if I were asking somebody for myself, let's say I wanted somebody that was culturally competent in terms of race for Black men racism as it pertains to Black America, 
those are culturally relevant issues for me. So I may ask somebody, how do they feel about police uh, violence against black people? Because that's a significant issue for me. And if that person's answer wasn't satisfactory to me, I wouldn't accept them because I'm the client. I need someone who can identify, at least understand my struggles. You are very much so welcome to have a difference in opinions, a difference in views. But when it comes to therapy, if you don't understand the question or you don't answer the question in a way that's satisfactory to me, I have every right to walk away. In personal life, we can have a difference of opinion. We can have a difference of opinion in the context of therapy, but you at least have to understand and empathize with my struggle. So I, I would ask people about the issues, the cultural issues that is, that are most important to me. Mm-hmm. And then I would make a decision based on this person's answers. And I also would try to figure out if they have any specialized training. If they've seen someone who comes from my cultural background before, mm-hmm. I would also ask how do they deal with differences in opinions when it comes to culture? There's, there's a plethora of answers that you can ask, but they really have to be specifically tailored to what you need from that person because every black person from the same culture don't have the same issues. So you really got to figure out what's most important to you. Oh, that is so good. And I love what you said about empowering yourself and understanding that you are the client. So mm-hmm. you're the one who actually needs the services and you're paying for the services. So if you find something that's not satisfactory, just walk away and that's okay. I wish I learned that lesson, but <laughs> oh, but that's for a different day. So <laughs> you kind of touched on it, but are there any final tips that you would give to the audience if they're struggling either to find a therapist who's culturally competent or if they have a therapist, but they kind of suspect that they're not as culturally competent as they thought? Do you have any final tips to give them? Well, the tips on finding them is there's a website, shameless, well, it's not a plug, but there's a website called Psychology Today, and you can type in find a therapist, right? And and then it it gives you a different, a bunch of different options to go to what type of therapist you like. And one of those options is race and ethnicity. So you can click your race or your ethnicity, and they'll show you the therapist that specialize in that. Or you can go to Taraji P. Henson's organization, which I'm also part of that as well. You can go on Boris Hint, the Boris Henson Foundation.com, and there's a find a therapy, find a therapist uh, search bar. So you just go in there, and, and all those therapists pretty much are culturally competent as it pertains to Black people. And if your therapist in particular is not a culturally competent therapist, I would start off with that therapist. Even if it's in the middle of treatment, I would start off with that therapist as I would if it was a new therapist. And I would interview them based on how they feel about cultural issues that bother me. And if they don't, I would have to have a conversation about that and try to get the therapist to understand why these issues are important. And if you guys can't come to any understanding, I would ask for a discharge to find one that is culturally competent. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. <sighs> wow, we covered so much in a short amount of time, Erin. But 
this was so necessary. And I wish I had this conversation with you a few years ago because it would have saved a lot. But <laughs> if I didn't go through it, you know, then how would we have this conversation? Right. So thank you so much for that. But before we do wrap up, I usually mm. have a closing exercise that I do with all of my guests. So mm. I'm going to have you close your eyes. And I want you to imagine yourself in a space or a place that you feel the most at peace. And it could mm. be anywhere in the world with anyone that you want. And as you're there, you're sipping your favorite beverage and you're just thinking back to all of the things that you've been through in life and how grateful you are to have come as far as you did. What is one quote, scripture, or a verse from a song that can encapsulate that feeling for you? Well, one quote that really comes to mind when I think about gratitude is that everyone has problems and there are people who don't live like you live on your worst day on their best day. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> that is so, so good. Repeat that one more time before we leave. There, there are people who don't live like you live on your worst day, on their best day. You know, in light of a lot of things that are happening in this world right now, um, just like war starting and just so much chaos, it's really important to ground yourself and understand that. Yeah. when we're having like our, our hissy fits or like, you know, our moments where we're just so ungrateful that there's someone out there who wishes that they had what you did. Mm -hmm. yeah, so sure. thank you for that. That was, that one blew me away. <laughs> it's really grounded. Like, you know, it's so many people who have much worse circumstances than we do, but we go through life just complaining and so unsatisfied, never having a means to, to the end when it comes to being content and at peace with our lives. And it's somebody else that wish they was in our circumstances. Mm -hmm. They wish that they had that raggedy car that you always complaining about. They wish they had that small apartment that you complain about. They wish they had that crappy job. They yeah. wish they had that significant other that ain't good enough for you. They wish they had that annoying father. You know, so you always have to keep that in mind when you feel down on yourself and ungrateful. So that's what I do to bring me. That is so good. It's like mm -hmm. remaining present all the time. Absolutely. Aaron, thank you so much. You have been such a blessing to me and to the show and to my audience. And I definitely hope to have you back again. For sure. We got to do this again. I appreciate you having me. And anytime you want to set something up, we could do that. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank See you. See you later. Guys. 